0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for
1: all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, and I'm joined by Sean Dagenhart.
2: Hi there.
1: John Redling Shaver. The street continues.
3: (laughs) Cashback callback.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. We hope you're having as much fun as we are. <laughs> Follow <laughs> us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. You can email us. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at com. Just email us and say hello. That's all we want. Or you can also send us you a sound voice. desperate, John. <laughs> you can send us a voice recorded message. We love our listeners. We just want to hear from them. A little more often, both that's of all. Both of <laughs> yeah, Both of them. <laughs>
3: what are you guys doing with your free time?
1: Uh, let's see, where was I? Oh yeah, you can email us, wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you can, rate and review us, so more people find the show. We'd appreciate it. All right, we'd like to kick things off with our Disney views, and I'm going to throw it over to Sean.
2: Yeah, well, we are sad to report the recent passing of Estelle Harris. Of course, um, Seinfeld fans know her as George Costanza's mom, but uh, Disney fans, of course, know her as Mrs. Potato Head. And she also was the voice of Old Lady Bear in Brother Bear and had a recurring role in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So just a charming actress, Jason Alexander from... Seinfeld, who was also in Hunchback, so another Disney connection there, said that the joy of playing with her and relishing her glorious laughter was a treat. I adore you, Estelle. Love to you and love to your family. Serenity now and always. So she was 93 years old and I think found her career later in life. um, Just always that grandmotherly character. Um, She had a quote saying that whenever I walk down any street, they yell at me, I love you, you're just like my mother. She said, every color, race, creed, religion. She's the mother that everybody loves, even though she's a pain in the neck.
1: (laughs) And she had such great chemistry with Don Rickles, who played Mr. Potato Head. And uh, what a sweet lady.
3: Well, I don't know if Don really liked having uh, his extra (laughs) pair of shoes and angry eyes packed in that uh, region, but uh, certainly will be missed.
1: Happy to have our friend back on the show this week. He is owner of Out the Door Travel. He's a vacation planner, and of course, that includes trips to Disney. And we're going to talk all about Genie Plus and Lightning Lane on this week's show. Welcome back, David Zanola. Hello, David. Hello. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Of course. Before we get into everything, why don't you tell us about your most recent trip? I believe you just got back from Walt Disney World. Yeah, so I was
0: fortunate enough to spend uh, 13 days down at the parks, and I like to tell folks when they say, or they ask me the question, does it ever get boring? And my response has really become, I just enjoy it differently. Uh, There were a couple of days that I don't know that I set foot in an attraction, maybe one, But just being able to take it at my own pace and maybe find some little areas that I haven't walked through in a while. Uh, Obviously, at Epcot, you get to enjoy a bunch of those snacks and different food items that they have. So it was definitely busy. Uh, I've gone to uh, spring break. I would say, I'll see, out of the last 15 years, I've probably been there in the second week of March, 13 of those 15 years. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely the busiest that it has been out of those last 15 years. I'm sure that's pent up travel demand, but any of the stories you are hearing in the word of Han Solo, those are all true.
1: Okay. <laughs> so. so when you go down uh, for that amount of time, I assume, are you going to the parks every single day? You said you don't go on attractions every single day, but are you, are you hitting the parks that often?
0: Yeah, I do. I just don't often go the entire day, right? Mm. I have the luxury at that point to not have to feel open to close, open to close. So I might stroll in at 10, 10.30 have some lunch, leave early afternoon, go back and get some work done. Because again, a, as a travel agent, uh, I don't I don't have time off. Vacation is not vacation. And so I have my laptop with me. And so I'd set up uh, my little desk in the hotel room, get some work done in the afternoon, and then head back out when it was starting to get a little cooler. Because it was hot. It was in the 90s, which is rare for March. Uh, but then I get to shed all my stuff, right? I don't bring my backpack with me. I just basically, I charge my phone to 100%. And I get to walk, out with just a phone, and for Disney Parks fans, you know the glory of getting to walk into a park with nothing with nothing in your pocket other than your phone, or for me as a type 1 diabetic, my blood monitor and my phone, and that's about it.
3: All right. So every time, and my family's been very blessed to go multiple times, and and there's always one question, whether good or bad... What was unique about this trip? I always ask my children that when we leave, so you're going to be my kid for this episode. What was All unique, right. good or bad, about this trip? I
0: want some candy. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be a child and, and, and ask for things. Uh, so you know what I really started to do on this trip is I started to really enjoy the Animal Kingdom at night. Uh, I twice, Two nights, maybe even three nights on this trip because Magic Kingdom was just carnival ape crazy and Epcot is always crazy at night obviously then you have the fireworks and that park is just disgusting to leave that i ended up going to animal kingdom i think at least twice maybe three times and staying until it closed and making sure i was in the back of that park and just getting to stroll out and find a bunch of those nooks and crannies that they just have there's this one area leaving a little bit past africa that there's just off up in the trees is a little seating area With four little tables, and our assumption is that maybe at one time back in the day, they planned it for a character meet-and-greet area because it's kind of off in the shade. But there's nothing back there but four tables. Nothing. And there's a little path you walk up, and it's just finding those little things at night, and there was nobody else around because very few people are staying at Animal Kingdom that late in the day. It was just great to be able to get a quick bite to eat back near Yak and Yeti and just slowly make my way out in the weather while it was hot during the day upper 60s at night, so it was just absolutely perfect, and that park really does, you know, they say Disney parks look different at night, that park feels a ton different at night, so that was something unique that I had never closed out Animal Kingdom twice with no intention of doing anything whatsoever than just walking out.
2: Very cool. And that's the beauty, I think, of longer trips like that, because I'm a guy that is a traditionalist, so, you know, every time we hit Animal Kingdom, it may be only for a day for our week visit, but, you know, there's certain things we have to do. But I look around and say, I would love to just have the time to just wander and do these things that we've not been able to do yet that I always want to do, but I can't sacrifice doing the things we always have to do. So <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, the idea yeah. of almost two weeks of just kind of taking it easy and hitting all those places are, sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was relaxing and it didn't feel. And again, when you start to then think about the cause and effect of doing something like that, I didn't have to worry about getting up at six in the morning to be at rope drop at a park because that wasn't worrying me now again i know that that is a that is first world problems right that is being spoiled because if you are there for five days it's we've got to hit rope drop every morning i get that i was just fortunate enough to not have to do that on this trip but next time we go with the kids it'll be an open to close kind of thing although we'll force naps because dad needs a nap too
1: so where'd you guys stay
0: uh, so for the first uh, bulk of the trip, we stayed at the only place we could get when we booked, which was All-Star Movies uh, and the the luxurious chateau of All-Star Movies. Actually, that's a, that's a funny story. Uh, that's where my wife and I actually stayed on our honeymoon, um, unintentionally. But we got married in the fall of 2001, had booked at Pop Century, which was supposed to open in December of 2001. September 11th happened, construction was brought to a halt on Pop Century, and so I remember them calling and saying, we're going to have to move you because your resort won't be open. And I'm thinking, they're going to upgrade us. This is great. Because at the time, we probably had paid, I think I found the canceled check once. I think it was like 56 57 bucks a night. Oh, yeah. And okay. I thought, they're going to move us to a deluxe. This is fantastic. <laughs> now, they moved us to the Mighty Ducks building and all <laughs> Nothing more says honeymoon than the, the, the mighty ducks building. So uh, we we, we were there for a bulk of the trip and then just to save some money um, there. Then the last couple of nights we stayed in the, in the tower over at Coronado Springs.
1: Hockey goofy was your ring bearer probably at that point. Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you something. We have great memories of the all-stars, you know, Uh, we haven't been there in a a few, in a few years. um, But when the kids were little, when we, When we then started to stay at some other level hotels, I remember the first couple times we stayed at the Moderates, my son was wondering where all the big plastic characters were. Uh So (laughs) I love the All-Stars. We had a great time. Okay. So let's get to uh, some of the uh, upgrades, uh, as some people are calling them, to uh, some of the new experiences at Walt Disney World. We can talk all about genie genie plus and lightning lane it's been a few months so i thought we could dive into it and if you wouldn't mind please give us an overall uh maybe top to bottom what this is first off and we can start with the free version and um and then we might have some questions for you as we go does that sound good
0: Sure, I kind of imagine that when you say the word "Genie Plus," you're going to go and post and like put some real creepy voice with like an echo on it, right? No. Because yeah. that's that's that that's how everybody treats Genie Plus. So uh, how to, how to simplify that is basically like picking up a Stephen Hawking book and asking me to describe it in three sentences. Uh, so here here's here's this the simplified Cliff's Notes version. I guess these kids nowadays don't know what Cliff's Notes are, but that'll communicate to all of you. Uh, so the replacement for the old FastPass plus system is what we can kind of consider genie plus and the idea is the old fast pass plus system which came on 2013-2014 you could reserve three attractions ahead of time that you knew before you even arrived at the park you would get to have a a shorter wait than if you were in the normal, what we call the standby line. Well, they took that away during the pandemic, obviously they had, they used the opportunity to tweak some things and they brought it back uh, to a version that is now a paid version where you pay $15 a day to use this uh, function called Genie Plus. And that allows you to get a wait time, a, a return time for an attraction based on availability okay when you then show up to that ride so let's say that i get a return time for uh, toy story mania uh, from 10 to 11 o'clock i show up and i go in what used to be called the FastPass line it is now called the lightning lane because for some reason FastPass was confusing i guess and they saw the need to change it which is a whole other issue but you get into that line and you can bypass the the standard line into what assumedly should be A shorter line okay but there's more because that's not the only way you can access a lightning lane there are also attractions currently and i say currently because heaven only knows how often they'll change this currently at the time of recording this there is one attraction in each park that is not eligible as part of that 15 dollars per person per day genie plus membership you have to pay extra for what they call an individual attraction selection right it's the fits back on the grade on the back of a t-shirt and so you pay extra for those and it's really if you think about it the highest demand rides in each park so rise of the resistance in the studios Flight of Passage at Animal Kingdom, Uh, you've got Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in Epcot, and you've got Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. So you pay extra to access the Lightning Lane for those. So those are your two ways now that Disney is monetizing how you can access that line, where in the past... I'm using air quotes, and I know this is a, you know an audio format, but you used to get access to those for free. Right, it was included
1: the in minus, the price,
0: yeah. Sure, it was included. They weren't charging you any extra, but now no one is getting those for free, at least not as of now. I honestly wonder if eventually that may change for resort guests, at least of certain levels. Um, but as of now, it, there's parity. Everybody has to pay the same amount uh, with, with, no matter which of those methods you want to use. There is also a free option, for people that say disney gives me nothing for free well you can go on the app and you can answer some questions i say can't even hold a straight face uh you can answer some questions and disney's going to recommend ways to make your day much more magical Uh, what they're doing is pushing you and suggesting where you should go in the park where they want you to go because they realize that that's a place that's not very overcrowded and so they want to help kind of disperse you but to be fair that is free it does not cost extra uh, and so everybody has access to that on their app
1: so just to clarify uh-huh. the, the difference between the added attraction and what comes with genie plus you don't get that added extra attraction with genie plus you have to pay an an extra fee correct do you correct. have
0: to- so basically if you think about it The Lightning Lane, formerly known as the artist formerly known as FastPass, (laughs) you 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 have two different methods with which to access that lane. One is the $15 per person per day plus tax, Genie plus, I like to call it a membership, right? And that gives you access to that Lightning Lane for all eligible attractions in the park, which honestly is most of them. Other than right now, one highly in demand that costs extra. For example, if I'm at Disney's Hollywood Studios, my $15 Genie Plus membership per person for that day is going to get me access to virtually every attraction that used to be Fast Pass eligible in the park, except for Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. And without fail so far, since this launched on October 19th of 2021, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance has been $15 per person extra to get in the lightning lane for that ride. Now, you You, can still ride at standby. Sure. But you're probably talking a two, two and a half, three-hour wait, depending on crowds.
1: But you don't have to have Genie Plus to get that uh, extra uh, attraction. Correct. Okay. Correct.
0: Yep. Yep. If you wanted to bypass Genie Plus and do standby for everything else that day, and just spend your money on Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, you absolutely could. You're going to be dealing, especially at the studios, with significantly longer waits at most of those attractions because right, the metrics would tell you that when the more people you have in those lightning lanes, that the ratio of lightning lane to standby line that they have to let in, the more people that have lightning lane, the longer your standbys are going to be. So you might think that your lines won't be as long but they will—they're longer now considerably, I think, because of uh, Lightning Lane. In fact, there's even been some ideas that maybe some wait times are being inflated a bit to make it seem more worth the while to buy those individual Lightning Lane passes.
2: So that statement that was kind of slipped in, where it said, you know, you can expect two to three attractions—that's for the Genie Plus, correct? So and they're that's saying you can actually only use that
0: a couple times. So actually what's interesting about that is that was only recently added as a disclaimer in their terms and conditions. And what they say is it's a minimum of or you're going to expect an average of two to three attraction selections. You could conceivably do more, you could conceivably get less, although I think it'd be problematic if you really got less. But the interesting note in there is that they add the phrase, if you start at park opening. In other words, if you are on your phone at seven o'clock in the morning and you grab one, then by the time your window reopens, you will absolutely be able to get a second one. And then depending on how busy the parks are that day, a third one really shouldn't be problematic. Where it starts to get complicated is how busy it is, when your return times are and what is actually left that you need. For example, at Epcot, if we're honest, there's not going to be a ton of stuff that you really need it for, unless you're going the week of Christmas. Um, after those first two or three attractions at the Magic Kingdom, you'll probably get more than three if you play your cards right. But there's a lot of a lot of calculus involved if you're not careful with making sure that happens.
3: Well, and and you said a key set of words there um, when you get on your phone. What I want to understand, this is all done through the My Disney Experience app now?
0: Correct. Everything is done through the My Disney Experience app, and your booking window opens at for everyone. It doesn't matter where you're staying. Everyone's booking window opens at 7 a.m. in the morning for the normal Genie Plus. The catch is, if you are staying at a Disney resort, your window for those individual attractions... Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, Flight of Passage, Seven Doors Mine Train, and Ratatouille. Those open up for Disney Resort guests at seven. They don't open up for everybody else, so everybody staying off property in the other hotels, the timeshares, that kind of stuff, until the park opens. Now, in some instances, that's not a big deal because Animal Kingdom, that's only an hour difference. However, if you're talking about a park like the Studios, it might not open until nine that's a two-hour gap, and it's probably statistically very unlikely that you're going to be able to grab a Lightning Lane for Rise of the Resistance after that two hours is up because uh, it, they're almost always gone. Yeah, some might pop up here or there, but the fact that a whole ton of people staying off property are going to get access to that via the Lightning Lane, even paying is probably pretty slim.
1: So under the old system, I would try to schedule attractions for all of my attractions to be done early. And then I could build from there. and, And instead of, you know, I would get my three attractions in the morning. And then after lunch, I'd have another one and another one. We would end up walking out of there with four to five fast passes for the day. And sometimes six or seven, depending on the day. Is it less likely that I'm gonna have five or six throughout the day, in your opinion?
0: It depends on when you go. It depends on the park. It depends how crowded it is, and it depends on what attractions you you what attraction you decide to grab. Right. The difference is the one main variable that's going to uh, change that whole process for you. And that example you just gave is going to be what attraction you select, because your return time then resets your window reopening. Where FastPass Plus in advance you had to know 60 days in advance this is the park i'm going to be at and this is what i want because if you book the slinky dog dash and then two weeks before travel you decided eh, we're not going to go to the studios that day we're going to go the next day you're not getting a fast pass plus for slinky dog it wasn't happening right so now the main difference is instead of choosing all three at once in advance you only get the next available time that it gives you so if i'm on at 7 a.m and i see ooh there is a tower of terror at ten thirty. I have to grab that. I can't grab later unless I'm watching and wait until it goes later. And other than uh, other than maybe one or two attractions in each park, they really don't go blazingly fast. And so there should still be a considerable opportunity to get what you want. If you're patient, it's just the longer you wait to grab something, then the longer you are waiting for your clock to then reset,
2: if that makes sense.
3: On the app right now, just trying to even understand all that I'm even seeing here. We're
2: soaking it in aurally yeah, and visually. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I just, I, 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 I'll I, say it, I, I've, I've struggled with this. And, you know, we have a large group, 17, I think is the number, in June. And I sit here and I go 15 times 17. But at the same time, we also have, I'm going to say almost a majority of the people going on the trip are under 10 years old. We're not going to spend the whole day sitting in line. So... We're almost a captive audience.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, here's the thing I like to think of too when I try to get some perspective on this. First of all, the system is different. But Express Pass over at Universal, if you're going in the fall during off season, you're paying a hundred bucks per person per day. For a one-time use. Now, again, the counterpoint to that would be, well, but that you get to use at every attraction and you could use them back-to-back. And that's absolutely fair. But and in some cases, if you're going during the busy season and you want that pass, it's going to be 150 bucks a person or so for price context. The other thing is, I remember the, the interwebs in their infancy back in the late 90s when Disney started Paper Fast Pass and people lost it this is crazy they are destroying the spontaneity of the disney parks experience how could they do this walt disney would be rolling over in his grave this is horrible he would never like any of this everybody got used to it and then in 2013 2014 they announced it turning digital everybody hated it how could you do this bring the paper fast passes back people were wearing t-shirts and starting campaigns and we all got used to it and now here we are and everybody hates it i think the variable here that is different is now people know how much Disney says it should cost. So the value, the cost benefit analysis in your brain starts running. And that's what bugs people. And I totally get that because that's where you start to say, huh, is this worth it? Well, before Disney gave them to you for quote unquote free. And nobody really thought about, I wonder how much I'm paying of my nightly, of my ticket or of my resort fee is going for this software because we just considered it free, kind of like Magical Express, right? And so they take it away and we start to say, is this really worth 15 bucks? But when you think about its value in terms of how much time it saves you, ask yourself how much time in line is my 15 bucks per person worth? Is it an hour Is it three hours? Because if it's three hours, you'll probably get close to that if you're smart. If it's five hours probably not so if you say i need to save five hours in line to make my 15 bucks back it, it, it's probably not worth it smart touring would probably uh save you that without having to pay but that's a different metric for different people right there are some people that would say i'd pay 300 dollars a day for it if i knew it was saving me five hours because i don't want to be in that heat around those people that long i just want to get through the stuff
3: <laughs> well that's just true so, about the, about the second or third crying kid i'll pay whatever it takes yeah, to go on to that yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: The difference, and I want to get back to your positivity. I think it's wonderful. (laughs) But the difference, David, was we were getting a whole lot more for a lot less money than what we're paying now. You know, and I think that's the pill that people are having a hard time swallowing. Well, there are benefits to utilizing Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, and we'll get into those benefits next week in the second half of our conversation with David Zanola. And once again... David is a travel agent with Out the Door Travel and you can email him. David at outthedoor travel.com. He can help make reservations for you, finalize your plans, and he is completely free for you. He makes his commission from Disney. David Zanola, Door travel.com. As for us, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. You can email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Until next week, have a great week, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from
0: you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub.